Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Booking Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Steve, and my co-host is Kyle. Say hello, Kyle. What it do? And first off, we do want to apologize because we were not on the air this past Monday, nor the Monday before that. Reason being is because I happened to catch the Super Cooties, also known as COVID-19. And unlike, you know, some fortunate people, I guess if you want to call it fortunate, I was not asymptomatic. I was symptomatic, and those symptoms knocked me down hard. Not as bad as my wife. She also caught it, but it still it was not fun because between the coughing and then the body aches, to me, that was like one of the worst parts was the body aches. I mean, my, my joints, my knees, I mean, everything just hurt. And I never lost taste and smell. I never actually had a fever either. But my wife, she actually lost taste and smell. And she's just now finally starting to get it back. And, and then after all, the, uh, all that funness, I've still got this cough. And according to a nurse at the VA hospital that I went to yesterday, I'm probably going to have the cough for about another month. So that's actually something else. If I do start coughing, I do apologize again. It's not me. It's the COVID. And because of all the coughing and some of the coughs have actually been kind of powerful, I also ended up cracking a rib. Yes, it is possible. No, I am not a wimp. It is actually uh, pretty common. And the doc told me I had a hairline fracture, and it still did not feel good. So any kind of coughing, laughing, sneezing, couldn't take any really deep breaths, anything like that, forget it. But I went there, and at some point also in the past week, uh, a few days ago, in the middle of the night, I got up because I had to pee. And I stepped on something, don't know what it was, it was dark, but it ended up ripping some skin off the bottom of my foot. You know, that was actually something else I had to, you know, while I was there, I said, can you look at my foot, please? Because I don't know if I've, I've actually announced this, but I'm, I am a type 2 diabetic. And so anytime it comes to something with my feet, I have to be really, really careful. So after all the x-rays, uh, they x-rayed my foot to make sure I didn't have any kind of uh, foreign objects in there in the cut. They x-rayed my chest. They x-rayed my ribs. I had a lot of x-rays, and then they gave me some antibiotics for the foot, but they gave me some powerful ones, so they said it may actually take care of the cough. They gave me medicine for the cough. They gave me some ointment for my foot, and, yeah, so like one of my coworkers told me, he's like, man, past three weeks have just not been kind to you. And no, they haven't. (laughs) So, but pushed through, and uh, fortunately, Kyle and I, we were were able to uh, kind of arrange this. Kyle was actually – very kind to me, to, and he didn't say, you know what, we're doing this podcast regardless, man. He said, hey, worry about your health first. And, and Kyle, my friend, I do appreciate that. Yeah, you've, you've been through quite a lot. I came out on the symptom-free side of the uh, chest babies with COVID, but I know my family took it on the hard end back in December. Yep. So I knew what you were going through. Oh, dude, I mean, it, it's nasty. And for anybody who says, oh, it's not real, no, it is very, very real. 
And yes, you do almost treat it like it's the flu, but you have to take it more seriously because COVID really can affect your lungs. And if you, if you do think you have it, if you start coughing and you start coughing up blood, get to the hospital immediately because that, that's a sign that you have blood clots in your lungs and that can lead to pneumonia. So, well, my, I know my big worry uh, having it, and this has come up in asymptomatic people, is I've recently had my a lung function test to make sure that I was operating properly. So I'm waiting on my results for that. And then on Monday, I have to get a, uh, a heart test, whatever that means, uh, just as post-COVID precautions. So it, it seems to be the gift that keeps on giving, regardless of your political opinion of it at, or the oppressive restrictions we all seem to be going through dealing with it. Yep. So, so but you're healthy. Yep, you're, I have been, I'm not healthy, but I'm I'm getting there. You're you're on the the proper road to recovery. Yes, and you know, good Lord willing, I'll get even healthier. You know, so like um, like we said, they bear with us because I mean, if I if I do go to a coughing fit, um, what happens? I mean, I have cough drops with me, so and I've been. Um, actually sucking on them. So hopefully that'll also help. Um, and I did take get into this topic here, Steve. Um, how did you support your, your wife and how did she do that for you while you guys were going through this? <laughs> well, considering on that day, we were both laid out. <laughs> so, uh, I gave her, um, and you can laugh at this. Uh, I actually uh, ordered a crown from Lord of the Rings. And I cannot remember what is the head elf, uh, lady elf, what is her name? You know what I'm talking about? No, I can't watch that movie. Really? I'm not into it. Oh, you got to get, you got to, um, you can watch them at least once. So, I mean, I, I watch the Harry Potter stuff, but. Glad uh, that's her name. Okay. Well, see, we, we watched, we had not watched it in a long time. We watched um, the first one, Fellowship of the Ring, a few weeks ago, and, and my wife happened to mention that she liked that crown that Gladrier was wearing. So I went on eBay and ordered it for her. She didn't know it until. Um, Valentine's Day, you know, but she actually didn't get a chance to get me anything yet. So, uh, because like I said, I mean, she was actually worse off than I was. But, uh, so what all did you do? Well, I was going to say how you supported each other during COVID because that's a uh, family thing. But Valentine's (laughs) Day, we spent uh, with on a vacation. So we went on a couple's vacation and um, something I could not do moving so much, but she could. I saw where her her mother grew up, um, 
lot of her family history where her relatives were buried because they're from a certain town in Alabama. So they took me around town, showed me everything. And her great-grandfather, who she's named after, actually served in World War I. Oh, wow. So we uh, learned a a lot about her maternal side. Um, Since her dad's not listening, I'll barely see him. So don't really care to learn too much about him. He's always talking about himself anyway. Hmm. (laughs) But... Uh, like where you're from, a certain town in North Carolina, couldn't tell you where I was from. I was born in Michigan. I was raised Michigan, California. I mean, we moved 34 times. So I was born in Michigan. I enlisted out of Las Vegas, Nevada. I knew you had moved around a lot. I didn't realize it was 34 times. Wow. Yeah, I went to 14 different schools. Wow, dude. So, um, I, I, so when it comes to, like, family history, I don't have a, a house I grew up in. We may have been there for eight, 12 months. But I never went to a school for more than a year. Um, stuff like that. So, I mean, I could talk about wrestling history way easier than childhood history. And we haven't even talked about the topic of today's show yet. Well, I, I was trying to segue, but it didn't work out. <laughs> but, uh, okay, that did hurt a little bit me laughing. Um so, but tonight, this was the the show that was originally scheduled for the fifteenth of February, the day after Valentine's Day, and we said we would do the top ten wrestling couples. And because once Kyle and I realized that it was not going to happen on the original scheduled day, he actually offered to say, you know what, let's just scrap the idea. And I said no because he had already put forth a lot of effort into coming up with his list and I had not come up with anything yet. Um, I mean, I did, I had not even, I didn't even open up my computer for over a week, but because Kyle had already worked pretty hard on her, I decided, you know what, let's just go ahead and do it. You know, with no sense having that effort go to waste. And as you go through the list, um, I'm looking at the full list and someone I immediately think is not listed um, so an honorable non-mention to start off, Jimmy Garvin and Precious. Oh, my Lord, how did I forget them? They were even mentioned um, on Tony Schiavone's podcast the other day, and I was even thinking I need to make sure they're on the list. How in the world did I miss them? Don't, um there, there's probably going to be way more that come up as we, as we sit and think. But um, I was listening to wrestling theme songs 
in the gym this morning and uh, the Freebird song came on. And it's basically just... Huh? Bad Street or the, the, or I'm the, I'm a free bird. What's your excuse? Bad Street, USA. Yeah. And the one that came up was uh, Michael P.S. Hayes and Jimmy Jam Garvin. And I go, you know, uh, on the list, I forgot about Jimmy Garvin and Precious. Because they were a real life couple. I mean, they've been married. In fact, they mentioned it on Shivani's podcast. They've been, they just passed. 50 years of marriage. And, and for a wrestler, that's really impressive. It is. So that's kind of a, a, a mention all to yourself. Because um, you, you also have... Um, oh, my gosh. Uh, Chris, Chris Adams and Lady Blossom. But Judy Clark. But... It, it went to someone else. His well, she started out. She actually wasn't even with Chris Adams. Um, she was with somebody else starting out, and then she got with Chris Adams, and then she ended up. Uh, actually, they never got married, uh, but she ended up marrying Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, and divorcing. She's got a a decent book. Uh, Does she? We, you mentioned a book that you had read uh, while we were on the airplanes. I read Diamond Dallas Page's new book, Positively Unstoppable. And then on the flight back, I read Ken Shamrock's book, Unfinished Business. Okay. Ken Shamrock, who's wrestling in TNA in, in his late fifties. That man's lived a, a great, pretty incredible life. Um Lady Blossom, Jeannie Clark, whatever you want to Jeannie Adams, Jeannie Austin, I think it was probably Jeannie Williams, you know, still holds uh, his actual legal name at the time. She was also married to Billy Jack Haynes for wow. not very long. Yeah. When we anyway. mentioned some of these names in our top ten list, they were couples, and for whatever, some have uh, since divorced. And, and or just pulled it up, yeah. The toll that the wrestling business uh, has on a marriage. They say if you want to stay married, don't bring your wife into the business. Right. It, it seems to... Uh, to fit, especially with our number 10, and that is Goldust and Terry Reynolds, who was, so it was Goldust and Marlena in the WWE, Dustin Reynolds and Terry Reynolds. What do you think? Yeah, uh, well, she was already involved with the business before they started dating, uh, she started out as she was just a makeup artist in the back, um, and that and a lot of that was, I mean, helping put like the makeup. Like anytime you see a broadcaster on TV, they have on makeup, and it's not because they're trying to pretty themselves up; it's because they're trying to make sure they don't have glare, you know, coming off the lights. Uh, but yeah, she actually helped with that, and then she became 
Alexandra York, part of the York Foundation, where she managed any kind of wrestler where you could actually, instead of using their nickname name, you could actually lengthen it out. Um, like, and, and for, <laughs> but, for her, um, she was my favorite is Alexandra York. I I actually did like that character. I liked the, the whole York Foundation because she had her laptop and she said, okay, let me pop on the laptop to see what the move should be, whatever. I mean, it was a pretty interesting gimmick. And she managed Richard Morton, Terrence Taylor. Uh, that's the first, the only two that popped. Rich. Oh, Thomas Rich. Yes. Um, but if you couldn't lengthen your name out, well, forget it. <laughs> so, um, but later on, of course, you know, she and Dustin actually were a couple in real life, and they ended up getting married, and they have a little girl, and. They left WCW, went to WWF, where he became Goldust. That's when he and his dad had a real-life falling out, and they didn't speak to each other for – it was years. Yeah, his his dad was not in favor of the marriage. He didn't he, he didn't care for Terry. Terry Boatwright was you know, her maiden name. Was not a fan of the marriage. Uh, they did have the falling out, and – if you remember when Gold Gus came on, um, Dustin Rhodes played that character when it first came out. So modern uh, is a, a, a word, but that it was hard to believe that he was uh, straight. When the Gold Dust character, when I first saw it, I actually did not realize that it was Dustin Rhodes at first. It actually took me a while because it was such a departure from what he had been doing before when he was, you know, the natural. Right. And now he's playing his character, and I liked the Gold Dust, the wrestling style. In fact, I mean, it's the same style that he kind of carries on now. Um, And like some of his moves, he has one of the best power slams uh, out there. Uh, one of the moves he does when his opponent uh, ducks down to give a backdrop, or Dustin drops down to his back and he punches him right in the face. And he, I mean, he's he's still a great wrestler. But I, I, as a couple, she uh, when when they she first came out with the cigar, it, it was hard to was she. Is she a side piece? Was she the controller? Until, I guess their divorce started, and she got split and then put with other characters. Right, and then she came out uh, wearing, like, the extremely tight shirts with nothing on underneath. And I didn't like the way they did with the character then because – you know, even though I was like 22, 23, you know, 24, whatever, I was in my early to mid-20s, I was still thinking, there's kids in the audience. Why are y'all showing this? I mean, like kids like right there, not just watching on TV, but right there live. And I, I never understood why they did that uh, right there. But, I mean, she chose to do it, and I think she kind of wanted to do it because uh, later on she actually – was I don't know if she was married to him, but I know she became a couple with 
uh, New Jack. Yeah, she did. She didn't marry New Jack, and that's another book that is either out or on its way. That might be an entertaining read, but on, New, New Jack's putting out a book. Yeah. Ah. So. Well. But first, uh, first couple from the mid mid nineties, you know, there's someone I listed from that era. Who's not on the list too, but that it, no, that's my honorable mention list. Yeah. Uh, they were on your honorable mention list. I actually had them up higher and apparently I had them up high enough to where he got them <laughs> number 10. Okay. That wasn't by design. So Next one, you got number nine. Yes, and it was, you know, you're talking about um, the books. And you mentioned, you know, one of the books that you read. This would be Diamond Dallas Page and his now ex-wife, Kimberly. And I believe and they actually, they, they're still um, friends. I mean, they actually had, you know, split, but they actually still are have a good relationship. But they were right, like, the, the, they, yeah. A mutual uncoupling but a unique story when he first started in the business she was the a diamond doll and they bring her out into WCW and talk about a group at the time that did not have any female characters like he he had a lot of flair on the outside Bischoff uh, called gimmicks but she that that couple she she managed to turn that relationship what five years as a manager and she did three years as a Nitro girl. And then the last year she had the incident with Steiner and then ended up leaving the company. But got Diamond Dallas Page into yoga. And that is, is his current lifestyle. If I read correctly, she is a part owner in the DDPY program. Really? I didn't know that uh, because the DDPY program, that's actually something that I've actually looked into maybe signing up for myself just so I can get my, myself um, kind of back where I need to be because, unfortunately, I also have degenerative arthritis in my knees and in my back and my neck, and so it's hard for me to do the kind of exercises I used to do when I was still in uniform. Uh, but from what I understand, his type of um, exercise regimen actually helps people with the kind of issues that I have. Well, I, I have the DVDs and I, I, I do the program a couple times a week. Nothing. Um, nothing to kill me. Like I don't use DDPY as my sole program. And I, I think everything's going more to his app. Like the program you want to start with is DDP 
why rebuild. And that's that's like the starter pack now. But reading about their their relationship and they're higher on my list than yours. Um even post divorce those are two people that really care and love about it, love each other. Right. And you, you've seen some divorce. I've seen a lot of divorce. That is not usually the case. No, it's not. Uh, you know, especially being in uniform, unfortunately the divorce rate in the military is very high, higher than the um, national average. And in fact, when I was uh, stationed in Ohio, you know, we had like 35 people in the unit, something like that. It was a fairly small uh, organization. And uh, two of the girls in the unit, they actually came to me one day and they're like, hey, can you help us out with this? They, they had gone through like the roster of everybody. They're like, can you name, can, do you know like everybody's marital status or have they been divorced, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, let me, let's see what we can do. And, um, and they were just trying to see what the percentage and the percentage was pretty high that we had a couple of people that had had a couple of divorces and right. You know, so, uh, but that's just, unfortunately it's part of life in the military is some people think they can handle it and then they find out they can't. And it's not just, um, you know, it's not just like a civilian wife married to a, a military guy. You know, sometimes it's military married to military. That could be even harder sometimes. And yeah. there's some. You, uh, you know, and, and I, I know from experience, when you leave and you go to boot camp, um, the the amount of contact that initially starts from people from home. So I, I know when I left, I sent my address out and dot, dot, dot. I got all sorts of letters, and what was in those letters was surprising. And you get to your first base after school, and... I can't tell you how many guys from the dorms married someone from home because this is the first time they've been from home and they marry a girl that they dated for two months before they left. Yep. So it's, it's a false, false pretense you're you're marrying someone for comfort because that's what you knew before you got to your base, but it's not it's not usually a sustainable marriage. Like other than yourself, because you're at 22 years, we'll be at 22 in May. Yep. Uh, Ricardo and his his spouse are plus plus 20. And yeah, I know because, one, one um, other. I, I'm thinking they're they're actually close to thirty now. 
Well, I know they're plus 20. How easily? I think they're close. But I, I know one other person who has been married for 20 years from the military. And I knew that guy. Um, I don't think you know him, but it might, I have a friend named Matt, his wife, Jess. And he, he married. So I got to the dorms in July with the broken ribs. He got married in October of that year. And he's still married to his wife. Well, I mean, I can, I can name other ones. Um, my friend, Ron, I don't know if you remember Ron, uh, he was on our flight. Um, him and his wife, they were high school sweethearts, and they're a few years older than I am. You know, and I graduated 30 years ago. So, in fact, they got they've been married now for 28 years because they got married um, when because uh, I actually uh, knew him in tech school, and that was in 1993. Uh, but they had been together already for like four years before that. So they got married while he was in tech school. They did, she just came down to Pensacola, and then they did a, a JLP thing real quick. But they've been married now for 28 years, um, and Alan, remember my best man at my wedding, him and his wife, they actually will hit 20 years uh, this May because they got married the exactly a year before my daughter was born. Now, but that was his second, wasn't it? That was his second. It was also her second, um, and you know I'm on my second, even though my first one didn't last that long, but – um, I won't. I won't be mentioning that one very often. But um, no. But so, I mean, the military it, it gets us just like the wrestling business. Um, I thinking uh, who um, who else we worked with initially, but everyone I had still talk to for a brief period and that all that's changed but there there was a oh my gosh I can't even I'll, I'll have to test you her name uh, married someone she met on the following shift kind of like how these next two wrestlers met in the workplace and that is Booker T and Charmel Sullivan Yes. Now, I know this was not Booker T's first marriage. I'm not sure about Charmel, but they are uh, – I don't. How long, they've been together for a while now, too. They actually met in WCW. She was a Nitro girl. That's right. And talk about um, – a few of them married into the business um, or were married in, while – performing and Charmel our queen Charmel uh, my favorite version of her was not as a nitro girl it was as queen Charmel yes with King Booker yes. King, no King Booker Booker and, and that that was the most entertaining couple uh, of the mid 
mid-2000s. And even when she, they took it to TNA, that was a our Impact Wrestling now. But when they took the relationship to TNA, all, also entertaining for on-screen and, and off-screen. Well, because I, I, they, they look like they're having fun. They look like they're enjoying it, and they enjoy being together, even, you know, even on camera. Because some people, you know, they may be a great couple off the camera, but all of a sudden you get on camera, they're like, oh, uh, you know. But no, they are a, they're just a great couple together. And you can tell that. But uh, when uh, Queen Charmel would do the, the Queen Wave, Coming into the ring, that is a that that was a unique touch on that role. Like most most characters cannot pull off being a king. Correct. But Booker T, Booker T, and Charmel <laughs> definitely, and good good for them. Almost passing are reaching 20 years here. Yep. But, I mean, that's, that's definitely a milestone. So from there, one, we had both ranked pretty, pretty well. Mm-hmm. But this is uh Brie Bella and Daniel Bryan. Yep. And, I think she is now stepped away from the ring because she's raising not not one, but their two kids because they have a brand new baby. Who's about what? Two months old, three months old. Oh, born in a, in a, either the summer or sometime in 2020. Yeah. Sometime in 2020 because she and, and her twin sister, they gave birth within days of each other. But, just to see, they're they're one of the few, and, and I know it seems weird, but a lot of times when you see where both the man and the woman are, they're both wrestlers, but you don't see them wrestling together. And they actually did a couple times, not many, but enough. And they also were on the, the Total Bella show, which, I mean, I'll be honest, I've never watched it because I don't really have any desire to watch it. <laughs> I mean, and, and it's like, hey, you know, you want to show your life outside the ring? Hey, cool. I'm just not into it. Well, this this is one, and this was harder to actually rank. Uh, and you see everything about Brian Danielson, Danny Bryan, the character. As a person, he's low, low maintenance, not a whole lot of wants wants to be self-sustainable and not, not very wasteful stuff like that. And she appears on television to be the most high maintenance (laughs) to include the Bella show. Very, very, very high maintenance, modern, modern fashion, Hair, nails, makeup, um, exercise—like uh, just a lot. 
it, it does take a lot to maintain a a Bella image, right? And they don't—they didn't seem to be like the most natural fit. Like if you were watching them on screen, you would not think those two would be a couple. But having watched the Bella show, and, and granted, they fake things for story the camera, lines. right? And reading reading their books, um, they they seem to be very happy together, and that's what matters. And and, and well, I was going to say just kind of a side sidebar on that. Of course, we mentioned uh, Bree's twin sister Nikki Bella, and we both have her and her ex. John Cena, just we just neither one of us had them up really high. Um, no, but one of the things, like I said, I mean, I normally don't really keep too up too much with the, the drama, um, like the soap opera type stuff. But when they broke up, and of course, I mean, it it made you know some news because they broke up, and they were kind of a wrestling power couple in a way, but they split up, and then it come out that he was kind of like Sheldon in the Big Bang Theory, where he had a roommate agreement. They, so they basically had like a couple's agreement, like a contract. And they broke up, so she had, you know, like X amount of days she had to move out because it was there in the contract. And I was like, are oh, you got to be kidding me? Right. <laughs> so that was actually one of the reasons I didn't really have them too far uh, up the list. I mean, they were a known couple, but because of that, I mean, I had to, I couldn't give them a lot, but that just uh, blew I, my mind. As far as the relationship agreement, the Bella show didn't do John Cena a whole lot of favors. No. Like he, he really came off as a, uh, is a jerk, but he's trying to protect his brand, and, and that's Shawn Michaels' quote that about Ric Flair. That Ric Flair loved Ric Flair, the performer, not Rich Richard Flair, the person. When right. you're in the business and a star, you got to protect the image and make sure certain things don't get out but he's very particular about his house and yeah, he's got yeah. a control freak. Makes you wonder, but you see, you see Bree, Daniel Bryan, they seem to be doing well. And, um, when he retires, hopefully he'll get to stay home, be around his family for a long time. And one of the ways you could tell they, uh, she truly does care about him um, is when he had to retire for the medical reasons back in, what was it, 2015, 2016? Yeah. And there's this picture, you know, and you could tell the picture was not staged, but, but he's in the back. You know, he's backstage somewhere, and he's kind of – he's crouched down, you know, and his, and his head is kind of in his hands – 
you know, and you could tell, I mean, this was, you know, pretty traumatic for him, but she is right there beside him, you know, and she's right down there with him. Right. Obviously a, a healthy relationship because you, you've experienced trauma mm-hmm. uh, of significant type and to lose your profession and something that has formed your identity like he did um, for the marriage to survive that it it has to be pretty healthy oh absolutely so this next one on our list uh, favorite backstory of all the couples that are listed it, to include the other 15 that we're not ta- talking about. This is uh, Tommy Dreamer and Beulah McGillicuddy. Yeah, I couldn't spell McGillicuddy. That's why I didn't type that. This, this is the best backstory, and this is why you got to love ECW, to bring her in as a character. And then, obviously, the relationship forms after that. But... Tommy Dreamer and Raven were feuding in ECW. And they bring in Stephen Richards as part of Raven's group. And he brings in Beulah. And Beulah is beautiful. But when they all met as children, Beulah was a fatty that liked Tommy Dreamer. And Tommy Dreamer rejected her, which is why she sided with Raven. This this started this went ninety six all the way into ninety seven and continued her all, all the way to nineteen ninety eight where they feuded. She was in some legendary ECW moments and and stop me if remember this, but she was had a, a pregnancy issue that was not really a pregnancy. Shane Douglas points out that she's been having an affair. And when Tommy Dreamer asks who she's having an affair with, assuming it's another male wrestler, it turned out to be Kimona Wanalea. Yeah, because that's mature. <laughs> that was ECW. And oh, Tommy, Dreamer, Tommy Dreamer, in his legendary ECW moment, says, uh, I'll take them both because I'm hardcore. And they they play that in videos to this day. Well, I got them a little higher up. Um just because I, I didn't really know too much about them, but I know they were like the ECW power couple. Make sense? Definitely. They, they, there, there's mainstays in WCW, and you think of Don Marie being one, uh, Francine being another, and then Tula. They, it, it definitely made ECW different. 
but she, she turns uh, a wrestling career, goes, uh, finishes wrestling, goes back to college, marries Tommy Dreamer, has twin girls, they're still married to this day, and guess what film she's, well, film, movie, TV series, whatever you want to call it. She was actually in The Sopranos. Really? Her, her kids her kids were actually in The Sopranos. Huh. How do you like that? So, just uh, stuff like that. But Tommy Dreamer, in his 50s, still wrestling occasionally. Still runs uh, House of Hardcore. And she has had her retirement moment. She is happily at home. Uh, And another wrestling couple that seems to have found each other in the workplace and is doing all right. Yeah, because workplace relationships... Um, I'll be honest with you. I mean, they usually don't last. And I actually knew, I knew bosses who absolutely forbid relationships, you know, in the office because they did not want the drama being brought in where people were trying to work. And all of a sudden you had this couple who they may have had a disagreement about something. And now all of a sudden it's, it's, dragging everybody else into it involuntarily. So they said absolutely no workplace relationships. Uh, Obviously wrestling, I don't think it's probably like that. But I don't know if you've noticed that Vince, a lot of times if they find out someone is a couple, they don't necessarily travel together. They're not necessarily on the same show. Because one may be on Raw, the other one may be on SmackDown. Well, they they try to accommodate, but it's the old saying, the business comes first. For us, uh, our experiences, it was the mission comes first. Right. But just wrestling, just like the military, you kind of date what you're around. Yeah. I mean, and and, yeah, I mean, it's, it's... Natural. So, to have uh, different people, like how how often are you at home? How how many people? You you started off. Um, there there was certain requirements about what we did in the military. And what you did at work stayed at work. Mm-hmm. And how many spouses are to live that life? Because they do live it, not maybe not the way you do, but they do live that life. Oh, and just to clarify for some people who are listening, and when we say what happens at work stays at work, I mean, that that's means the actual work center. 
the whole adage of what happens in TDY stays TDY or what happens in Korea stays in Korea, that is actually an attitude I always thought was complete garbage. And I knew some of these guys that actually believe, oh, you know, when, you know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Because you remember the last time we saw each other in person was actually in Vegas. I was at their TDY. Right. So um, was I. <laughs> yeah, 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 so were you. And my wife actually flew out. That happened to be the same weekend she flew out. Now, a couple of the guys, other guys who were married, you know, their wives had flown out. In fact, I know there was at least one other. His wife was also there at the same time. Um, but some of the guys, in fact, I know at least one of them, you know, his wife came out one weekend. Of course, the other weekends, he was, well, I'm TDY. I'm going to do what I want. And I want to say, but two years later, actually, you know, it was about a year later, they were split up. Right. And, you know, you want to have that adage of what happens to you, why stays to you, why? Well, it's garbage. So, you know, in my, um, in my professional career, I have never once come home and talked about what I did at work. Um. I can now sometimes, and part of that is also because, I mean, I do work from home occasionally. Uh, but my wife, she really doesn't, you know, <laughs> she really doesn't care. Yeah, you know, that makes yeah, sense. I, I may mention people's names, but so the fragility of military relationships and wrestling relationships the only people that really understand what you go through are people who also go through it. Right. Because if you remember, I tried to date on the, where we worked. Uh, we had a Dr. Pepper diet, Dr. Pepper challenge to make that happen. You were trying to date her? Yes. Oh, that's, that's what that was all about. That's what that was all about. Because I remember she lost that challenge and she was pissed because she said we played dirty. I'm like, it was my, that was my idea too, the whole playing dirty thing. Um, because you put four diets and two regulars. Yeah. But my original wedding date would have come from the the where we worked. She ended up not coming to the wedding. Um, I think I Don't saw her. On, I'm not going to mention any names, but I know I, I think I saw her on Facebook at one point, but. Yeah, she's gone. And deleted the account, everything. Really? Yep. Um, well, dude, honestly, I think you kind of dodged a bullet anyway because she is a weird one. Well, but. You're around what you're around. Mm-hmm. Like the sh- shocking one, um, which is number five here, Maurice and current Raw champion, The Miz. Yep, WWE champion. Not just the Raw champion, he's the WWE champion. This, this coupling, when it came out that they were going to get married uh, has always been shocking 
and this goes to a different topic on the Miz. You, when you think of the Miz, you think of the guy that was on the Real World or the Real World Road Rules Challenge. And he he has always uh, been able to pull quite attractive ladies. But Maurice is still shocking. Well, I mean, he's kind of like Dolph Ziggler. He and Dolph Ziggler, I mean, um, well, they're, they're actually both from the same area, too, up in Cleveland. But Dolph Ziggler, he was one. He's actually dated um, quite a few women. I mean, he's actually dated some celebrities. You know, but well, The Miz is, he, has become a celebrity. Right. He uh, – he he's quite interesting to talk about. Um, not a very likable character on, on television, but that's the heel that he portrays. Mm-hmm. He to me he it, it's his hair. <laughs> Something about his faux hawk immediately makes me not like him. Because he, he's still got his little faux hawk. <laughs> no, it's not really a faux hawk, is it? No. Yeah, no, he's... he's uh, uh, no. I mean, he's got the kind of whoopee do hair, but I don't think I'd really call it a faux hawk. You have that, but she was not one as a character that got a tremendous backstory, was she? I, you know, not really. I mean, I just I don't think I know better. She's French-Canadian. Um, her first language is French. And, you know, they have their own reality show as well. Um, and they have uh, – well, it was weird. You know, we talk about the Miz being a heel – but when they announced that she was pregnant the first time, the wishes were having a baby. Well, everybody was cheering. And, of course, she was gone for about a year you know, after having the baby and then coming back. And then she's like, you know, but a few months later, whoop, we're having another baby. And, and so now, I mean, she may not come back now. Oh, no, I think she's done wrestling. If her show is correct, she's into real estate out in California now. Okay. Successful. He he's actually been a wrestler if you think about it. He's been around almost eighteen years full time. Wow, because he started on um as a wrestler from Tough Enough. Right. And if you think about it, he's the most successful tough enough person. Him and John Morrison and Miz didn't even win. I forgot about John Morrison being on Tough Enough. He uh, he's made quite a career for himself. Yeah, and that's something actually we will discuss at some point. Um, so 
I kind of like this next one. And, and we both actually had them up fairly high, but I think probably for the same reasons. Um, we talk about power couples. Well, these two, they were like the power couple of Mid-South later on the UWF, back way back in the territory days. And Missy Hyatt and Eddie Gilbert. Hot stuff, Eddie Gilbert. And the reason I have to say that is because when they, they were together on screen and they got married in real life and they formed like they combined their stables and they called it Hot Stuff Hyatt International. I, and I remember her from that. Um, the The first female I can think of that had a stable of wrestlers. Is she the first female that did that? At least in my... Well, I mean, you could throw Moolah, technically. Well... On screen, she... High Stuff International was the first female that really had a wrestling stable. And there was all three guys, at least three guys in Hot Stuff International. Was was it missing Link, one of them? At one point, you also had... um, Rick Steiner was in there. Yeah, Rick Steiner was in there. Sting was in there after he and... Uh, Terry Taylor. Oh, Terry Taylor was part of that, wasn't he? Sometimes I forget Terry Taylor when he actually turned heel, other than when he was the Red Rooster in the WWF. Um, but they were, they were like that power couple down there. And, of course, then when you know they split up, um, well, here's the funny thing about them. You know, we talk about like the divorce rate, like I guess in wrestling. He married another wrestler. You know, now obviously they didn't make our list, but he married Deborah Michelli, also known as Medusa Michelli, also known as Alundra Blaze. Uh, and that one, talk about something we didn't know about. Missy Hyatt went with Jason Hervey, who was always on screen. Yep. He was the the Wonder Years guy, and that was a hit. So you know WCW put him on TV whenever they could. But Eddie Gilbert leaves and ends up going to Medusa. But this this relationship, um, and I have not read Missy Hyatt's book. And, and nor will I pay they wanted for it for me to read it because uh, that's already out of print and it's not on Kindle. But not a very healthy relationship. No. Passed into substance issues. 
and Missy Hyatt is, uh, well, Missy Hyatt. Well, and see, she was married before Eddie Gilbert to another wrestler um, who doesn't get a lot of mention, but Hollywood John Tatum. Yeah. And I remember him. Well, he did not make it as big as Eddie Gilbert did. Oh, no, nowhere close. Johnny Tatum, he was one of those um, kind of a jobber to the stars or, you know, back in the day when they had, you know, the jobbers, the carpenters, whatever you want to call them, the enhancement talent. He was beating the enhancement talent, but when it came to uh, the main the main guys, you know, people who were enhancement, it was, you know, he had, he was more of a uh, more losing than winning. But and that that's a hard one uh, because Missy Hyatt and Eddie Gilbert are so much of their relationship is not available to us on the event. And even in even in interviews, Missy Hyatt does not speak very much about him. So that it, it was hard to judge. So you know they were a couple, but you kind of based their coupledom on Hot Stuff International. And yeah, they went. Yeah, because they did contribute a lot to the. To the industry back when they were a couple, they were the couple, you know, basically in Louisiana, Arkansas, Oklahoma, and part of Texas, you know, the Mid South, UWF. And that's why I have them up so high, even though they didn't last as a couple. But when they were together, there was, um, that, that made quite an impact. Yeah. And speaking of impact, um, as we roll into our our top three, and the first one, we actually have a tie for number two. Um, and I'll go ahead and leave the first one. And I would say that Cody and Brandy Rhodes have had quite an impact on the industry. Wouldn't you say? Um, so I didn't rank them as high as you did. And much of what I mentioned previously is there is a, a recency bias. Well, you had a number three. Yeah. So I, it, it was harder. It was harder for them because, granted, they're both BPs in AEW. Mm-hmm. But they didn't appear. They weren't really on WWE TV together. Um, they've done most of their their work together in AEW, and it's only been a year. But they could they could have a a tremendous future impact because AEW seems to be. The, the hip product just asked Paul White. Yes. <laughs> that was some big news this week. Cody, uh, 
they have been together what six six or seven years well they have they've been together long enough that they have one kid and another one on the way no i i thought they had a pet this was their first baby coming are you sure i thought they actually had i'll have to look Yeah, I thought this was their first child that they announced on AEW television. And if that is if that is right, then I will definitely stand corrected. But a a hard just a hard one to judge based on limited impact as of today. But AEW is definitely the number two show in in wrestling right now, and they, they have a chance if WWE keeps going on this ratings thing. AEW can take them over. Well, they're already topping NXT, but then again, NXT is still supposed to be the training organization. They're not supposed to be going against, you know, well, of course, a lot of people don't consider AEW's caliber to be as high as WWE, but if you look at the people they're, they're getting lately, you know, Paul White included, and then they all of a sudden they got Sting, and they've had some other names coming there. Jericho has been a huge <laughs> um, contributor to all that. You know, they're moving up, and it's not like they don't have the financial backing. So, right. And and it'll be interesting, (coughs) AEW being on TNT and WWE going to the Peacock Network. And I don't know if they've moved that yet because – uh, Elimination Chamber, of course, was on this past Sunday, and I pulled it up on the network app, not on the Peacock app. So I don't know what the deal is with that right now. So it's supposed to switch before Fastlane. But I don't okay. Know. I thought it was supposed to switch before Elimination Chamber. Because Fastlane is supposed to be the new first pay-per-view on the new app. Well, I guess, you know, if you're going to choose a pay-per-view to put it on there, uh, choose one of the the most minor ones. So it'll be interesting. Is this going to bring new viewers to... WWE or is it um, is there a counter from AEW's side because you know they saw signed Paul White for another show are they have they announced the medium it's going to be on are they eventually going to do their own app I think, I mean, they'll they'll have to. I mean, TNA or Impact, Impact have their own app. I mean, I don't have it downloaded yet. And I might because I'm starting to get more into Impact here lately and um, Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor is interesting with their 
there are a number of rope breaks you can do. Right. Okay, that's that's an interesting uh, take on it. Uh, adds a little bit of um, drama to it. But, I mean, I think the only thing that the WWE has, which AEW obviously they can't get, is WWE have that massive uh, video library. Yeah. And they have some of their original shows, which some of their documentaries have been on point uh, lately. Some of their, uh, what was the kind of the claymation type show uh, that they had on the network? Um, I, I could not remember the name of it. My son absolutely loved that show. They did Camp WWE. No, it wasn't Camp WWE. I wouldn't let him watch Camp WWE because that was definitely not kid-friendly. No, this one's like a – because Camp WWE is actually like a cartoon. Uh, this other one is like a claymation-type thing. Ah, doesn't matter. But did you find that Brandy and Cody um, had a kid? Yeah, I did, and I stand corrected. I don't I don't know why I thought they already had a kid, but no, they, they're expecting their first one. You're right. So the only claymation that WWE did was uh, Celebrity Deathmatch. No, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't that. Um, I'm on the. Um, I'm on the Wikipedia page right now. Let me see if I can. Uh, let me see if I can find it. But as you're doing that. You cannot talk about wrestling couples without mentioning our tie for number two, which may surprise people. And that is the Macho Man and Elizabeth. Yep. And, Steve, you are a little bit older than I was during her time period. But my first wrestling poster was of Miss Elizabeth in a workout. Good choice. Um, and I would have been like eight or nine. By the way, it's Slam City. Yeah, I, I have not seen it. Yeah, stop motion animation. So, But anyway, when they were already... Um, a couple. I don't know when they actually got married, but when Randy Savage first went to the WWF, they had this this deal where, okay, he's going to have a manager. Well, who's his manager going to be? And they had it every week. You know, they had five of them that were uh, vying to be his manager. And this is back in the day when you know, Jordan the Hills had a manager. And so, of course, he turned down Bobby Heenan. He turned down Freddie Blassie. He turned down Jimmy Hart. Um, don't remember who the other two were at the time. Uh, maybe Johnny Valiant. He may have still been there. But the fifth one thinking, well, it's got to be me. And then he's like, nope. And all of a sudden, here comes Elizabeth. You know, his real life, at least girlfriend. And... You know, she didn't really do a lot. You know, she just kind of held the ropes for him, held his robes, 
and that was about it. But it, it, it almost seemed like she was eye candy, but she didn't carry herself like eye candy, if that makes sense. No, she, the way she dressed, it, it's amazing how her dresses complemented his outfit for the night. Yep. And she she was always dressed up, up until WrestleMania 7. We never saw her in, like, blue jeans. Plain is the best way to put it. When she was announced as his manager, God, I I would have been six. No idea that they were or could have been a couple. And the well, what really it kind of sucks is then you find out that his jealousy was at a at a level that. It was very unhealthy, but the best way to put it. Well, this this is interesting. One, to to this actual day, if you pull up what she looked like in 1986 or 87, still top two, top three, most attractive women, woman ever to be in wrestling. You could argue now one, two, three, based on personal preference. But it, you've seen this. I mean, I've I've seen this. I, I had a former friend that went through this. Um, you have uh, and you and I have both probably been through this on a certain side. When you have to go away, there's always a thought in your mind, well, what's going on back at home? There's the, the legendary macho man personality. He was wound tighter than, oh my gosh, he, he was wound tight. I think that's kind of understating it. <laughs> well, I had an expression, but I stopped myself. <laughs> um, by the way, they got married in 1984, so they were already married when he uh, when she joined him in the WWF. And you cannot think of the Macho Man without mentioning Elizabeth. No, I mean, they were, uh, with the exception of, let's see... There was two years because they split on screen anyway. Uh, right about WrestleMania five, because that's when he lost. He dropped the title to Hogan, and it wasn't long after that when him and Sherry Martell were put together on screen. I mean, obviously they weren't they weren't a real life couple. But Elizabeth came back with them at WrestleMania 7. So it was about two years that she wasn't anywhere. Yeah. Not on screen. Not on screen. But 
one, there's two sides to the Macho Man. One, he's very legendary for being caring and supportive, does have a history. A lot of women have said in podcasts that he, he was like that. And when he cared for you, he cared for you all the way. But the flip side, jealousy, insecurity, um, locking her door to the dressing room, some of that is just knowing the environment that you're in. And, um, you know, they actually split up in 1992. And, um, and that's that's sad when you hear about it. Because if you remember, they did the SummerSlam wedding. In 1991. They, they weren't a couple like that until SummerSlam. They do the big match made in heaven and come to find out a year later, they're divorced. She's yeah. long. Because she finally just got tired of it. And... That's when the the whole all the rumors come out because she was you know the Poffos and then, and I mean Randy Savage you know his real name you know the Poffos were in real life friends with the Boleas which was Hulk Hogan and his at the time wife Linda and when Elizabeth split off from Randy. You know, she actually moved in as far as our, um, if I remember this correctly, she moved, she moved in with the Baleas for a while. Well, then she started dating someone else. She actually got married to someone else. It didn't last long. No. But <clears throat> that's when the thing came out. Hogan, I'm thinking, Hulk Hogan, I think he probably wanted to stay out of it. But with some of the stuff actually happening right there in front of him, or at at least at his house, Savage kind of put the blame on him. And that's where the rumor came out that the, uh, the injury that Hogan had when he showed up with, you know, would look with the red eye and everything else. And they're like, what happened? Oh, well, money incorporated. They jumped him at the gym. And they said, yeah, what really happened? Well, though, he was in a, um, he was in a, what a um, a jet ski jet ski an accident. It's like really, and then it came out later on. They're seeing you know Savage confronted him about that and pretty much dotted his eye. But it's where he Hogan again, not saying he's a great human being, but Hogan got blamed for his wife's actions. Right. But and, um and of course of course later on, you know, she ended up with Lex Luger, you know, and she was having an affair with Lex Luger behind his first wife's back and when she passed away she was living with him. You know, she passed away of a drug overdose. Right. Accidental. And, but Yeah, accidental. And when Randy Savage, when they asked him, you know, basically, you know, his, he always cared for, you know, he knew he messed up and he knew there was no way they were ever going to get back together. Um, 
but he always cared. I mean, he admitted it. And he just wanted to make sure that she was not being hurt by anybody. And that's the hard thing. You can tell yourself now as a 40-something-year-old adult um, to do this, this, and this, and your marriage would have been better. But it's not like you can go back in time and fix it. Right. Can't change the past. You, to, you know, you have to move on. You know, in some cases, you have to forgive yourself. But de- definitely, uh, you know, he cared because he got her a six-figure contract in WCW. Yep. And she worked there five years. And he even became a heel. Yeah, I mean, so, she was at, she was actually more involved when she was in WCW than what she was in WWF. Right. But <clears throat> we are going to have to move on. But before we hit our number one, uh, do you want to mention any of the honorable mentions? I mean, we have a, a few current... Uh, we have Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae, who yep. we, we mentioned, Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch, Michelle McCool, and The Undertaker, uh, Rusev and Lana. And that one, the only reason I didn't put them higher, because Rusev, of course, is in AEW, and Lana is still in WWE, where she is getting put through the announcer's desk nine weeks in a row, and here last week she hurt Nia Jax's butthole because they said that on air. Right, and there should be a shirt that um, Nia and her hole. Yeah, and because when we were watching that, my wife and I were watching that, and when she said that, ow, my butt, ow, my hole, my wife looked up, she said, did she just say my hole? And I rewind it. We rewind it a few times just just to clarify. I was like, "Yep, she did." I was like, "Yeah, that's going to be a meme." And sure enough. <laughs> but anyway, and, and and we have a few. And again, impact on the business. Uh, Natalia, Tyson, Kidd, Naomi, J, Jimmy Uso, Mia Yim, and Keith Lee. Yeah, and there that now that's one Mia Yim and, and Keith Lee. Because they just got engaged, what, uh, within the past two weeks. Yeah, but if you listen, MVP used to have a podcast that Mia Yim would be on. And she's been with Keith Lee for a while. And he actually helped her overcome an abusive relationship. Quite a story if you look it up on the internet. So he's kind of her knight in shining armor. Yeah, he, he... he he seems to be a, a good guy. Yeah, and, and and great wrestler. And well, not in Vince's eyes yet. Not in Vince's he, eyes, but whatever. Hopefully, he gets there. But a, a few that didn't make it very high on the list: Table uh, and Brock Lesnar, and, and more so because they didn't do anything on screen for my part. Right, and that's why I didn't even really put them on the list because they – it was found that they were a couple kind of 
after the fact. You know, so they, they didn't really put it on the screen. And, of course, now Mark Merrow, I mean, has pretty much said that he knows Sable was seeing Brock behind his back. You know, so, yeah. And, I, and I'm honestly, um, I'm not a big fan of Sable anyway. And that's because, you know, she uh, Brock's actually her third husband. Her first husband died. And right. She was quoted as saying, you know, this is after all of a sudden she became more famous than her second husband, Mark Merrow. She was saying that um, she was actually lucky lucky that he, you know, her first husband died because then she would have never became as famous as what she got. And I'm like, and, wow. And imagine being Mark Merrow and finding that out and like – how are you going to approach Brock? With a shotgun, a stun gun, and four friends. And even then, that's probably not enough. Right. So you have that. And another one, I just couldn't bring myself to really rank higher is Jeff Jarrett and Karen Angle, who is now Karen Jarrett. Karen Jarrett, right, and that one because of how they started. Um, and that, granted, when they found out, they turned it into a to a storyline. But that, which I, I would never, ever, ever agree with any organization doing that. There's some things you don't put in front of the cameras, and that's one of them. I mean, we can name some other relationships, and we know how. They started, and then we know how tragically they ended. But and, and then you got Eddie Guerrero and Vicky, Sonny, Chris Candido. There, there are many others: Edge, Lita, Edge, Beth Phoenix. That we Matt Hardy, about. Lita, Matt Hardy, and Lita. So. There, there's a, a lot of different couples. It kind of goes down to we need more active participants in, in the list to get a uh, third opinion, fourth opinion, stuff like that. Because uh, we actually agree with number one. How could you not, to be honest with you? You know, because... I- well, well, what's the label I've been putting on this entire podcast with certain couples? Power couples. Yep. And if somebody doesn't think that this is the power couple in sports entertainment, you know, name me somebody who's even more so. So obviously our our number one is Triple H – and Stephanie McMahon. Yep. Paul Levesque, Hunter Hearst Townley, Triple H, and, you know, Stephanie McMahon or Stephanie McMahon Levesque. You know, their actual legal names. Because they have been together now since, what, around 2000? 1999, 2000? Yeah, as a couple. You know, married three kids, you know, three girls. 
and he's the chief operating officer. She's the chief brand officer. Those are not made-up titles. Those are real executive titles that they have within the WWE, and she is one of the best heel characters that I think I could ever name, especially best one of the best female heel characters, because when she just seems just ruthless when she's on screen. And, of course, we all know the influence that Triple H has because he also runs NXT. I mean, that NXT is his baby. Even you, again, you find find your person where you're at the most. So he would have married someone from the gym or from the wrestling business, obviously. And they got booked into a storyline, which, as far as McMahon's storylines go, the Stephanie McMahon storyline with Tess and the wedding, and then switching over to Triple H and becoming the daddy's little, the billion-dollar princess, that was very good storytelling during the Attitude Era. Era. Hey, well, I will say, with the exception of the drive-through wedding, when Triple H says, "Hi, Stephanie McMahon, take this man," I was just but kind of it, shaking my head, going, "Did they really just do that?" But again, did it play to his character? It did. It, it was just the way they pulled it off was just kind of goofy. And um, then when when. He came out um, at the end of Armageddon 99, the pay-per-view, and tried to. she wanted to hit Triple H with the sledgehammer and couldn't do it. And then Triple H took the sledgehammer from her, hit her dad with it, and then they revealed themselves to be a couple. Ta-da! Dang. And that's what televi- the television's missing now. The well, the good swerve, not just the swerve to uh, just to have a swerve. Well, and one of the things you know, we mentioned Triple H, and you say basically the you become attracted to who you're there close with, and like you said, he would have married somebody either in the business or at least somebody at the gym. Remember, he was with China before Stephanie. Stephanie and, is a 10,000% upgrade over China. Well, one of the things about China, or Joni Lara, you know, makes you rest in peace, she did not want to have kids. He did. And that can be a big breaking point in relationships. You know, my wife yeah. and I, we wanted to have kids. You know, so that was actually something we agreed on, and um, you know, but I have seen other couples where one wanted kids, the other one didn't, and eventually the one who wants kids will get with somebody who also wants kids. I mean, right. I've actually I've seen that happen, and with them also, and I know we look at them like, okay, on screen. The characters they play, yeah, a lot of times they're kind of down, dirty, evil, low down. I mean, she's ruthless, and he can be kind of ruthless too. I mean, he uh, he's kind of blunt about some things he does. But then some of the other things they do, and a lot of times this is also as couples, 
is the amount of stuff they do for charities in the name of the WWE. You know, you look at, um, was it called Connor's Cure? Right. Yeah, I mean, about, and that was about the little boy, you know, who died of cancer. You know, one of the saddest things ever. I mean, it'll make your, it'll make your eyes well up just even looking at it now. And it's been what seven years ago, eight years ago now. Yeah. And, but they do so much for that. They do so much for breast cancer research. Um, you know, so they they use their influence in a positive way. And a lot of people don't even think about that. And that's one of the times when you see Stephanie McMahon kind of step out of that character of, you know, okay, I'm the evil billionaire princess to I'm also a philanthropist, you know, who's very interested in helping out people in the community. And you see he's the the same way. And I know he catches a lot of flack, and I'm not going to say it's not deservedly so for – it almost seems like his ego runs amok because you look at um, the past, what, six WrestleManias, if he was on there, he was going to have the longest match. And there's, there was no point in that. But we still can't deny, I mean, they are the number one couple in wrestling. And that's why we both had them as number one. Yeah, and even when they fought. Triple H and Stephanie, when they did the uh, Super Terminator futuristic entrances, and they face Kurt Angle, Ronda Rousey, or she's in matches with, I think it was Brie Bella, one of the Summer Slams, right in 2016. Um. Like even though they're a wrestling couple, from the podcast because they've both been on Joe DeFranco's podcast, um, the podcast where they speak about each other, it's a um, even if they met outside of wrestling, they would have ended up together. I'll have to go listen to those podcasts. So both of them speak very highly of the other, and you, you can tell it's the same today as it was 20 years ago, and if not stronger. And that's why they lasted. It, it feels weird talking about all this. Um 12 days after Valentine's Day, but <laughs> love love exists in wrestling. It's um, you, you could have had a, a special mention of the Mark in his basement with his little action figures, <laughs> but it, it's there and definitely. Find your person where you find your person. Oh, and I just now thought of another one. Jimmy Valiant and Big Mama. That was his real-life wife. Oh. You know, so, I mean... We could have joked that Mark Henry and Mae Young. Yeah, okay, let's not even go down that road. 
hey, the hand is turning 23 this year. And that's really, really sad. That hand should never happen. But um, so that means, you know, three weeks ago or whatever it was when I said, I don't know if I can come over to it, but I'll, you know what, I will give it a shot. Yeah, I guess there is a lot more than, you know, because even now we're still thinking of them. You know, and we're talking like real life. Um, we could have said Baby Doll and Sam Houston. They were never on screen together, but you know they they got together in real life and they got married and had a couple kids and then they got divorced and um but, and you know, but Tessa Tessa Blanchard and Draga, Charlotte Flair and and Andrade Andrade um, yep the list goes on and on. Britt Baker and Adam Cole. And Adam Cole, yeah. Um, Ric Flair and Fifi. Chelsea Green and Matt Cardona or Zach Ryder, whatever you want to call him. Yeah, so... So, uh, for Monday's topic, uh, did you still want to talk about The Miz? I do. uh, he won't be WWE champion very long. <laughs> I'd like to just because he seems to be kind of a polarizing figure, whether, you know, I don't really think it's his fault, but I just kind of want to discuss that. Why do people actually, I'll call this. Why do people hate the Miz so much? Or why do people hate the Miz? Because, you know, just, uh, you know, keep the title nice and short and to the point. All right. Cool. Well, I, I hope you and your family continue to get better. Yes, because my daughter actually she um, she actually got here about a, an hour and a half or so before we started the podcast. She actually her first time ever driving home by herself from college. She's on spring break oh. all next week. So, well, I, I know she'll be busy with her her podcast or her. YouTube. Yes, and I will give her a plug real quick. It, go to YouTube.com, look up Avery Elise, A-V-E-R-Y, in this space, then Elise, A-L-Y-S-E. She actually does movie reviews of 80s movies. She actually calls it Gen Z in the 80s. Um, her last review she just posted last week, it was on the Karate Kid Part 3 um, she's also done reviews on, uh, let's see, Dream a Little Dream, Teen Witch, Monster Squad, um, Lost Boys, and um, Can't Buy Me Love. And she's looking to do more in her next one. She's talking about doing The Legend of Billie Jean. So I'm just going to give her a shout-out. She has other videos on her channel as well, but those are kind of the main ones. So if you're looking for entertainment and she's actually really, she can be really funny. And I'm not just saying that because she's my kid, but she's majoring in motion pictures. And so uh, this is kind of right up line for her, what her career choice is wanting to be. So, but anyway, and before, you know, one thing we did not do, Kyle, we did not give any, any of the contact and listening info. So we're at the end of the podcast. So I'll go ahead and do that real quick. Um, well, no sense giving the phone number now, but if you'd like to email us, 
Email us at armchairbookingpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash armchairbookingpodcast. We're on Twitter at bookingarmchair. We do have a YouTube channel. It's pretty pretty sparse right now, so um, yeah, not much going on there yet, but it will be in the future. But you can find our, our this podcast and all the other archives on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Did I forget anything, Kyle? I think I got everything. No, I think you got everything. Cool. So you have any last words? No, just hoping you guys get better. Uh, we'll talk again on Monday about the Miz and get get some some vitamins in, some exercise. Be good to go on Monday. Yep, been doing that. Been hitting the vitamins. Not really the exercise so much, but definitely hitting the vitamins. So, but all right, my friend, I will talk to you. Well, we'll be talking at some point during the weekend too, pretty sure. All right, but man. definitely, definitely on Monday. See you, dude. Talk. To you later. <laughs>